Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in Utah Valley, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And we are back with Shouts of Grace Radio. I'm Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson. We made it to a third show. So I think we're official now. I think Shouts of Grace Radio is official. That's right. That's right. And we're excited to be there. And my understanding is we now have a website, ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. Come on over there and check out the uh, previous episodes. That's right. And and we'll even have a a, a section for people to contact us, ask questions, um, anything like that 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 might aid us in in future broadcasts. Absolutely. One of the things we wanted to do is to begin to field your questions as you are listening. Right. If you have a question about the Bible, something that you're having a difficult time grasping, um, understanding, maybe you want to stump us with some sort of interesting Bible trivia, <laughs> hey, we'll take it. So go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and uh, listen to previous episodes of the show as well as let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. That's right. That's so, right. So today, Pastor Steve, we are going to answer the question, what is a true believer? Hmm. Wow. That's loaded. <laughs> that is really loaded. Do you have a place you want to go? <laughs> I do, because uh, several weeks ago, we were at uh, Redemption Hill Church, where you pastor and you teach, and, and one of the, the things you brought up from John chapter 6 is that not everybody who is following Jesus truly believes in Jesus. Yeah. And and you you brought it you brought it home with such a great illustration of of how we can see a crowd of people, and and you can't really make distinctions in the crowd, right? That's right. Uh, and 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 Christianity is the same way. You can go to church. There's all these people who call themselves Christians. In the crowd, you can't make distinctions. But Jesus, knowing the hearts of people, zooms in and makes distinctions of the people who say, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a Christian. And uh, and in John chapter 6, verse 60, through the end of the chapter, verse 71, uh, Jesus makes the distinction, and you really uh, brought that home. So I just kind of want to talk that, about that a little bit more again in kind of a conversational way. How does Jesus break down? How does he zoom in uh, from the bird's eye view to the heart level view and make the distinction between who is a true believer and who's not? That's right. So, so to kind of understand the the, the kind of the backdrop of that, you know, um, Jesus had had performed the miracle. He fed the five thousand, right? And and then him and his disciples got in a boat, or I should say, his disciples got in a boat, and he met them in the middle of the sea. And they they ultimately went to this place called Capernaum. And the following day, Jesus gives the explanation. He unfolds the explanation for the miracle, and and the people that were recipients of those loaves followed them the next day across. Uh, across the sea, they land, and Jesus says to them, uh, you're not following me, you're not seeking me because you saw the glory of God, but rather because you got the fill of the loaves. And then Jesus breaks into this dialogue about what the true manna from heaven is, right? And he kind of alludes back to the book of Numbers where 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 God gave them manna, I believe it was in Numbers, I want to say number 16, right around there. Um, <clears throat> and then 
all of a sudden he breaks into this this very bizarre conversation or this one-way monologue if you will about eating his body and drinking his blood and wow. and and it was so revolutionary if you want to call it that people were extremely offended in fact everybody was offended right, right? and and so and so some of them you know were were sitting there grumbling amongst themselves how in the world are we going to eat this guy's body and drink his blood well what ends up happening is is in verse 60 now um the followers of Jesus or the it's they're called the disciples of Jesus themselves have a problem with this right and so in verse 60 it says when many of his disciples heard it they said, this is a hard thing. Who can understand it, right? Jesus, knowing in himself his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? What then if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is a spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you here who do not believe for Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. And now he says, after this, many of his disciples, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away also? And so Jesus makes a distinction here in this in this section of scripture um, as, as three types of followers that follow him. The first are the disciples, and we're told that within that reference, there are those who clearly didn't believe, and Jesus knew they didn't believe from the very beginning. Then the other distinction is the 12, which followed him. We're talking about the 12 apostles. And finally, at the end of the chapter, he talks about the betrayer or he makes reference to 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 Judas Iscariot. So so what is it when you look at the disciples as a whole because because certainly when we say the disciples within that group there are the 12 but there are those that Jesus said knew he didn't he knew they didn't believe right from the very beginning. Well what what in the world causes, you know, I should say this how do we make that distinction between those that truly believe in that crowd and, the, and those who don't? And I think Jesus makes it for us, Keith. I, I, I think when a person is in a place to hear the teachings of God, but they are there not for the glory of God, as he had said earlier on in the chapter, but for themselves. That's the first distinction. There's a wrong motive for for following Christ. And how does Jesus draw that out of them, right? And what he does is he gets them in this position where there's this very difficult thing to understand, something that's just hit their life. They don't know what to make of it. And the and and the 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 end result of that is they leave. Wow. They 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 leave. So so the number one, I would say, the number one sign that a person um, who calls himself a, a, a disciple, um, what that what that truly is, the 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 number one, I should say, distinction um, between a true believer and a, and a false believer is the true believer stays. He 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 goes through the hard times, Keith. Even through the doubts. Even through the doubts. Yeah, it's really amazing because this passage opened up my eyes to the reality that just because a person is a disciple, which let's define disciple, a disciple is a learner, a student, a pupil. You know, you're, you're taking the place of of the untrained under the master. That That's kind of the idea of a disciple. Um, you can be a disciple and not belong to God. Hmm. I mean, that's just, that's just blowing my mind. You can be shall I say it, a Christ follower, 
which is a very popular term this day, and I like it because I follow Christ. Like, Christ is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my, you know, he's Jesus. I, I love him. I have a relationship with him. I'm a Christ follower. But hmm. by th- what this is saying here is it's not enough just to say, I'm a student of Jesus. It's not enough just to be following Jesus. And in this case, they're following because they received, you know, the multiplication of, of the burgers and the fries, right? right. The in and out. Right. They, they are following Jesus for self-motivated reasons. Right. They're not following him for the bread of life, for the eternal life that he is giving. So it's not enough to just say, well, I'm a disciple. Right. It's, 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 it's like Jesus is bringing them to a place of, can I say it? Proving it? Like, where's, yeah. like, where's the proof? And, and the proof is belief that causes a person to stick with Jesus. That's right. I, I guess the question would be, who, who, who digs through the weeds of the profession and brings out the genuine, right? Mm. And, and, and here's the reality. You know, these people, as you had stated, these people were, were following Christ for the benefits that they received. They weren't following Christ for himself, for Christ himself. They weren't going after Jesus, as, as I, I, I believe it was Abraham that said in Genesis 15, or assure, I should say God said to Abraham, um, I am your exceeding great reward, right? Not, not the nation you will become, not, not, the, not the multitudes of people that you will become. I am your great reward. And I think when Jesus makes reference to the fact that you're following me because you got the fill of the loaves, not because you're seeking the glory of God, he's making reference to that. You, you're, you're not looking for me. You're looking for what you can get. And, and, and so how does God weed through those? Well, I think the first thing is time tells, right? Because ultimately a life bears out um, righteous fruit, right? We don't expect that out of the gate, but as time goes on and God works on a life, we'll see that. And, and, and what we ultimately will see is what, we saw in the response to the from the 12 when Jesus turned to them this other group that were there and said do you want to go also and their response is just an epic true believing response when they say peter is kind of the voice of the other 11 says to whom we're going to go lord what where else are we going to go you alone you, you alone have the words of eternal life and we've come to know and believe that you that, that you're the one sent from god and so so you have this abandonment right just this this idea that peter said you're it you know if if if, if, if you don't work out there ain't anywhere else to go basically mm. is what he's saying that's a true believer and and when you take that position keith and you and, and you translate that into real life real life situations hardships problems and your answer is you got we got no one else to go to but but you lord mm-hmm. you've got genuine belief that's and that's a place of very dependent belief like i am dependent on you jesus like there is nothing i bring to this table i need you for eternal life you're listening to shouts of grace radio with pastor steve pearson and keith radke at shouts of grace radio we're thankful for the encouragement from key radio reaching utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in provo utah key radio can be found online at keyradio.org and your support of key radio makes programs like shouts of grace radio possible now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Um, you, you have brought this up, too, that the, the distinction being made. Like, is it my job to make hmm. the distinction of whether or not a person is a true believer? There's a very narrow 
you know, passage uh, for us to even be able to address that issue, whether somebody's truly saved. Jesus talks about judging people by their fruit, you know, but that's a very narrow thing. Maybe we should talk about that on another episode. But you, you brought up Matthew 13, where Jesus um, gives this parable of a man who sowed good seed in the field, right? Mm-hmm. In the field being, you know, the hearts of people. And while men were sleeping, his king, his enemy came and sowed tares or sowed weeds among the wheat. And so, you know, they start to see the weeds grow up. Like, Master, we need to go rip these weeds out, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and he's applying it this way. We need to go rip those unbelievers out of the church, out of the kingdom, That's right. right? That's right. And Jesus says, uh, no, let it grow up. And then when everything's gathered in, we'll make the separation. We'll make the distinction that the distinction does get made that one day. So the distinction I want to make is not whether Steve is a believer I mean, I hope you are a believer. I think you are, Pastor <laughs> Steve Pearson. <laughs> yes. But I want to, I, Lord, help me to make the distinction. And, and how is Jesus helping uh, his disciples here at the end of John 6 make that distinction for themselves? Well, <clears throat> I, I think because of the way that he, that he lays out the type of followers that are around him, I, I think <clears throat> their understanding that that in the mere fact that people will not continue because things are hard, they're out. I think that by itself is a proof that there isn't any perseverance in that faith, right? I mean, remember at, at the when you drill down to the bedrock of our of our profession of faith, there is this idea that God keeps us, right? The Lord mm-hmm. is the one who keeps our faith, and so if a person um, is is so quick to walk away from God because they come up into hard times, you've really got an example of, of, of the parable of the sower. You've mm. got that idea where that profession of faith springs up, but because of the ground and the hardness and the roots don't go deep, they, they just fall away, right? And so, you, you know, I, I think when you talk about, you know, how to make that distinction, the first thing is a real believer will follow their Christ, will follow their Lord through it all, mm-hmm. right? And if they don't, then that's one way you'll know, well, then how can Jesus be their Lord, right? So, so I think that's, that's in this context, that's one of the things that he's pointing to is that right. they just didn't stay. Right, and that's why they, they were grumbling. This is hard stuff. The, the things Jesus is saying is absolutely impossible, to be true. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And Jesus says something interesting here in verse 65 of chapter 6. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. <laughs> Pastor Steve, theologian Steve, would you explain <laughs> to us what this means? No one can come to Jesus unless it's granted to him by the Father. Well, that that can be a deep, that, that can actually be a deep, um, kind of a deep one there. I, I will say this. Um, God initiates the relationship, okay? And, and we can debate and, and, and determine how does God initiate that, you know, and, and, you know, we can get into predestination. I don't think any of us are going are gonna to really argue about predestination because Scripture defines, you know, uh, God's choice of us as, as, as predestination. But the means by which a person is predestined is, is oftentimes the debate. And so I, I don't know that that's necessarily, you know, something we get into on this, maybe in a different show. But I will tell you this. Here's the important point in that. Jesus is saying that God initiates faith. However that works, faith is a gift. And if God has not called you, because he goes on earlier in that chapter and he says, listen, all that the Father has given to me will come to me, 
right? Now, that's a, that's a mind-blowing verse if mm-hmm. you start to think about that. But his point is, is listen, however God did it, however God chose us, the reality is you cannot come to God unless God has drawn you. And, and I love the word drawn because it really talks about a process of moving one person, moving a person from one point to another, mm. right? It's, it's the same word. It's the same Greek word that's used to say when they were in the, in the boat and they caught so many fish, they couldn't draw them out. They were trying to pull them from one place to another. And God draws us, Keith. He, he right. spends our life and through all the situations that come into our life and he draws us to grace. He draws us to the sun. And if that doesn't happen, you can't draw yourself. You can't, you can't make the decision. I'm just going to wake up one day and I'm going to follow God. God has to bring you to that point and how he does it. He does it in various ways with different, with different people. Well, and, and the, the end result of this statement that Jesus makes in verse 66, and, and you've probably heard this before of how it's John 6, 6, 6, (laughs) right? that many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. The significance of that is not in the number. Right. Uh, you know, we, we might call that, uh, you know, biblical coincidence. But and, and maybe that's important to address this, too, is that Bible verses and chapter divisions were added later. That's right. Uh, so we could find our way around the Bible. That's right. At least we could Google it, right, and come up with the right place. Um, but he says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Like, Jesus says something here that creates that that hard line. You, this this is the dividing point for this group of people. Those who just say, "Well, I'm a disciple of Jesus." Those who are who are somehow by association, right? I'm a Christ follower because I go to church on Sunday. I'm a Christ follower because I grew up in a religious home. I'm a Christ follower because I was baptized when I was eight or twelve or twenty-five or whatever. I'm, this is what makes me. A disciple of Jesus just drew the line in the sand and says, uh, there are some of you who don't believe, and there are some of you who are not here by invitation. That's right. And, you know, you bring up a really good point. If you are going to confess Christ and you are going to say, I'm a Christ follower, that confession is going to be tested. It's going to be tested through difficult things, right? And, and Jesus Jesus alludes to this. He says, listen, don't think that I have come to send peace, but I've come to send a sword. And then he goes on to say what he talks about, what he's talking about in that sword. He says, a man's enemies will be from his own house. He says, if you love your father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. He's not saying, you know, you hate, hate your mom and dad. He's saying, listen, God is going to test the profession of faith with oftentimes bringing hardship in the most intimate relationships here on earth. And so if you are being tested, even in your home with a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad or friends and your profession of, of, of Christ and your life of, of faith is, is causing hardship to come into your life and you honor that relationship more than Jesus' call for faith in your life. He's saying you're not worthy of me. It's kind of related, very similar in the fact that what are you going to do when hardships come up? Because it is going to be tested. Every man's faith is going to be tested. And I think God's point here is, listen, your heart and my heart needs to get to a place where we realize, where else am I going to go, God? Mm-hmm. Even if it's my wife, my husband, my mom, my dad, my home, where, where else am I going to go? You alone have those words to eternal life. And that's exactly where Jesus puts the 12, 
So That's we right. go from the, the large crowd of disciples now to the 12, and he says, do you want to go away as well? And I don't. And Jesus isn't answer, asking this question because he's insecure. That's right. And Jesus doesn't need <laughs> followers, right? That's not why he asks. And some people try. Well, Jesus is. He's looking around. All of a sudden, he's is he panicked? No, that's not how Jesus works. <laughs> Jesus looks at those guys because they're seeing the crowd and how easy is it is it for us to give in to the peer pressure uh, of of how people view and respond to Jesus. And so he looks at them and says, "This crowd is leaving. Are you?" Do you want to go away as well? Hmm. And and Simon Peter, we've already said it. He he says some of the most poignant words that he ever spoke. You know, un, unfortunately, like many of us, Simon Peter had foot and mouth disease. But he got this one. Right. <laughs> he got this one. He <laughs> nailed it. And this 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 deserves to be on on plaques and bumper stickers and T-shirts alike. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And he articulates, we have believed. Okay, so where does it begin? It begins with faith, and have come to know. I like that because it mm. takes some time to know That's right. what we believe. Like, I can believe very simply, Jesus is my Savior, I'm a sinner, and I need him. That's right. Right? And we've come to know. There is a process that's to this right. faith, and that's great, that you are the Holy One of God. Those are powerful words. And like for those who are listening right now, as we come to the end of our time today— uh, Jesus has the words of eternal life, and we've believed. How does a person go from being that that spectator to 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 being someone who really is starting to get it to someone who can be secure hmm. that that I am a true believer, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So, so Paul said in Second Corinthians five seventeen, he said, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come." And I think the first thing to do is assess correctly. You know, where are you at with God? Right? If if you are His, then you have a new life. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but you are going to watch the Holy Spirit transform your life and take you from the kingdom of darkness into the into the kingdom of light, and your life will be new. Things will start to happen. If you don't see that happening, that is a very good indication that you might be one of these disciples that are Christ's followers, but your faith has not been tested or you're in this place where it is not a genuine idea of faith like the 12 had, right? And so if that is you, the first thing is you have to correctly assess this. You need to admit to God where you're at, right? You, you have a, you're a God-fearer. I, 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 I like the things of God. I like church. I like the atmosphere. I like the music. I like you know, I like those things, but are those just the benefits of a relationship that you like making yourself feel better? Or are those actually the byproduct of a relationship with Christ? And, and here's the thing. When it's a byproduct of the relationship with Christ, all those good things, you're seeking Jesus in all those things above all else. And you're wanting to give your heart and your life to him. So my encouragement would be, listen, if you don't see those things and you don't see a transformed life, then you should probably get alone with God, drop to your knees and say, God, there's something wrong in my confession. It's not meeting up with the actual fruit in my life. And I I'm asking you for faith. I'm asking you to help my unbelief. Help me make this 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 belief transfer, tra- you know, transfer from from just knowing about you to knowing you. And and that would simply be you asking God, in all honesty, to come into your life, to come into your to your world, and just completely turn it upside down. Be willing to repent of your sin and bring it to God, and God will do an amazing work as He as His word promises. Oh, that's great, Pastor Steve. And it's not. It's not prayer in a box. It is the prayer of the heart. That's right. And, you know, the prayer of the heart that says, you know, I am in need. I'm desperately in need. Where else am I going to go? As Peter said, you have, Jesus has 
the words of eternal life. Pastor Steve, would you pray for us today? Yeah, for those of you that 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 want to make that that change, um, I just want to pray for you, Father. I just pray for our listeners right now. I pray for those God that um, are in that place. They're at that tipping point, Lord. They see that that there's something wrong in their confession. They haven't gotten to that place yet where it's 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 all about the relationship. And, and Lord, they're just they're kind of wandering around right now. And Father, I pray right now that you would touch them and 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 these listeners would understand that God, you desire a relationship with them. And if you would confess Jesus now ask him to forgive you of your sins ask him to make a life transformation inside of you uh, he will actually do that and so um, father do that in our listeners hearts that are struggling and we pray this in jesus name amen thank you for joining us on today's episode of shouts of grace radio practical conversations from god's word hosted by pastor steve pearson and pastor keith radke we hope you've been encouraged to see the bible as god's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with god if today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about jesus we would love to hear from you you can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com that's shoutsofgraceradio.com At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church and River Community Church, both located in Utah Valley, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.